Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast show where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, we're going to talk with Simon Harvey. He's the general manager of the Mount Engadine Lodge in Spray Lakes Provincial Park. It's located close to the Alberta-BC border. And the Mount Engadine Lodge, by the way, was recently named one of Canada's top 10 hidden gems by TripAdvisor. So if you like being in the outdoors but also like the amenities of a nice place to stay, this just might be the place for you. And there's lots of new things happening at Universal Studios Hollywood, so we'll get an update on what's happening there. But first, have you ever wondered what it's like to fly one of those 737s for a major airline or what goes on in the cockpit when you're boarding your flight? Well, to share her tale on what it takes to become a commercial pilot these days and not just a commercial pilot, but a female pilot in an industry dominated by men is Jessalyn Teed. She's a recent flight school grad and now a first officer for Sunwing Airlines. Hi, Jessalyn. Hi, Randy. I guess the question you always get asked probably is, have you always been interested in flying? For me, it was the age of eight, eight years old. Um, that's when I had the first opportunity to go up in a small little plane up in northern Ontario. And ever since that day, my mind never changed. I knew I wanted to be a pilot from then on. <laughs> Did you get a chance to sit in the cockpit then and see some of the gadgets and, and all the things and how the, how a plane operates? Yeah, I did. So every time I was able to go up on a big airliner, I was always so keen to go up to the front. And I was like, Mom, Dad, can I see the pilots? Like, can I see it up there? <laughs> so that was a really cool opportunity to kind of see what it looked like up there and all the lights, like, obviously brightened my eyes too. Mm -hmm. Well, take me uh, from being eight years old to the point where you are now and a little bit about uh, your background becoming a pilot and and Sunwing's cadet program that you were involved with. Yeah, so like I said, eight years old, I went up on that first flight. And then after that, my parents were amazing supporters. And um, I kept going to different air shows and plane spotting became my favorite hobby. And I knew, okay, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So then when it was time to apply to universities and think of what was after high school, um, I looked into the University of Waterloo program, which partners with the Waterloo uh, Flight Center in Breslau. And basically, it's a dual degree program. So a lot of hands-on learning when you get your university degree, as well as your flight training. And then from there, uh, in my third year, I applied to the Sunwing Cadet program and got hired, and then I went through six months of training with them, and it was pretty intense training on a Boeing 737. I would imagine. You make it sound all so easy. Nothing this difficult is that easy, so explain some of the things that uh, were their challenges for you. Um, it was definitely challenging in the sense where I was doing two degrees at one time, um, so very busy, but with the passion that I had and with the, I knew that this was the only thing for me, Kept me going through it, worked hard, got it done in three years. And then with the opportunity that Sunwing gave me, it was like the next stepping stone. And I just, I feel very thankful to have gotten into the program so quickly, especially in an aviation industry that has a pilot shortage right now. To Mm -hmm. get that job was a big success. So, yeah, very exciting. Mm -hmm. I keep reading that that, uh, the industry is going to need about 20,000 pilots in the coming decades. So there is a, a bright future for anybody who wants to be a pilot, isn't there? For sure. This is a perfect time to get into the industry. And that's what I was told all throughout my uh, university, that 
this is perfect timing if you want to become a pilot. Now, do you see yourself as a role model for other uh, young girls? I think only about 5% of pilots in the industry are, are women. Uh, do you look at yourself as that, or you're just a first officer with Sunwing and, and gender doesn't really enter into it? Um, I really do aspire to be a role model for young women. Uh, that started all the way back in university when we had programs like uh, Girls Can Fly Days, and I think it's a really big deal to um, expose young girls to this industry because I think in the past, traditionally, it was seen as a male-dominated field, and still women are underrepresented in the field, making up only about 5% of the pilots. Um, But to expose the girls to opportunities such as uh, Sunwing and the industry as a whole, like, for example, Sunwing has an equal opportunity uh, employee program. So Mm -hmm. In the last two years of this cadet program, they've hired two females each time, which has been great to get those numbers a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm always curious, when I'm getting on a plane and you walk by the, past the cockpit door there, what goes on in the cockpit when people are getting on the plane and, and loading up their luggage and things like that? What, what uh, things go on there? Yeah, well, after we've given the flight attendant the go-ahead to start boarding passengers, we're just about ready to go at that point. So we've already done all our safety checks. We've done all our inspections of the aircraft and paperwork. And at this point, we're usually um, telling each other a story. So it's a briefing of what we're going to go through in today's flight. So we go through all the normal procedures that we'll see. And then we go through some emergency procedures as well, just to keep our skills nice and sharp. And then at that point, we um, are all finished and we chat a little bit because sometimes it's the first time you've flown together have a cup of coffee, and just wait till all the passengers are on board. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of dicey incidents involving female pass- or pilots that have saved the day. Uh, that probably just inspires you more, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's definitely exciting to see. And we practice those things um, in our pilot proficiency checks that we do every six months. So they're very well practiced. And when we get into that situation, you want to know that your pilot can do it. And mm-hmm. we all are definitely set to that standard so so now what would you say to any eight-year-old girls uh, listening that want to be pilots or get in the aviation industry yeah I would just want to encourage them that they can do it um, to look for different opportunities go find somewhere where you can go up on a free flight where you can try it out and see if you like it and then if you do like keep that passion fired up and um, look into future programs that you can get in this is perfect timing and it's a really really fun job We have a pretty great view up there, and it's pretty fun to say that for your job, you just travel around the world. (laughs) I guess so. I've never really thought of it that way, but uh, you're right. Jessalyn Teed is first officer with Sunwing. Uh, We've had many, many guests over the years, Jessalyn, but you were the first uh, first officer that we've had uh, to chat with, so I appreciate your time, especially in your day off. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you as well for this opportunity. So we go from flying the great blue skies to enjoying the great outdoors. Now, I love being in the outdoors, but I'm not necessarily a fan of setting up a campsite and doing all the work. What I like is returning to some nice accommodations where I can relax 
and let someone else do the cooking and cleaning up, right? So I'm thinking the Mount Engadine Lodge would be right up my alley. So let's find out. Joining me now by satellite phone, which gives you an idea how remote this place just might be, is Simon Harvey. He's the general manager of the Mount Engadine Lodge, and their website is mountengadine.com. Hi, Simon. Hi, Randy. How you doing? Well, the fact that you're on a satellite phone gives me an idea just how remote the uh, Mount Engadine Lodge is. It was named uh, Canada's or one of Canada's top ten hidden gems by TripAdvisor. So tell me just how hidden the Mount Engadine Lodge is. Uh, we we are a, a hidden gem for sure, tucked away uh, in Spray Valley Provincial Park, uh, just off Highway 742 or the Smith Dorian Trail. Uh, the great thing about um, mounting the module on unique things is we are a backcountry lodge, but we are accessible by road. So coming from Highway 40 or from Canmore, about a 40-minute drive from Canmore and about an hour and 40 minutes from Calgary. So not too far away, but uh, but I guess you get the best of both worlds. Uh, you have the remoteness of being uh, in the middle of a provincial park, plus you do have the amenities of, uh, you know, like the, the lodge itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's a tucked away gem. You're uh, nice and peaceful, kind of uh, away from the uh, summer hustle and bustle of Banff and Canmore. Uh, with the, amongst the beautiful wildlife, the wilderness, and uh, but you know still still have nice amenities and accommodations out here, so it's uh, it definitely is the best of both worlds. So give me some background on how the lodge came about and where it is today. So the lodge was built in 1987. Uh, original was Swiss owners, uh, so the beautiful wood detailing. It was all hand built, um, and that we've uh, we've kept all that original. Um, detailing and the original building out here. It's gone through a couple expansions uh, over the years. Initially, it was uh, it was put in place as it was uh, part uh, of the Olympic pit for the, in 1988 in the area was uh, Mount Shark. So they, they were potential to use it for athlete housing. Um, they obviously ended up building the Canmore Nordic Center, uh, so they didn't use the area. But, but it was, uh, it's been operated as a lodge hotel ever since. Uh, in its early days, it was more hostel style with uh, just one, one washroom upstairs and smaller rooms. And uh, as, it, as it's gone through renovations through the years, um, they it, nicer, larger rooms with ensuite washrooms, uh, added a, uh, a cabin unit as well that uh, that expands to three cabin units. So we've got nine units total and uh, very excited to be adding five more glamping tent or glamping yurt units this summer, which will be uh, definitely an amazing experience being out here with, with a unique accommodation um, with re- really nice yurts to, to go out along with the uh, cabin rooms that we currently have. Mm-hmm. Well, explain a little bit more about the glamping uh, tents. Uh, to me, that's my style of camping. I'm not <laughs> the kind of person that's going to rough it. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, glamping sounds very we, glamorous we, camping. So <laughs> expand, expand on that a bit, what's included in all that. Yeah, so it's um, they're, they're going to be fantastic. Um, there, there's a, a huge appetite for it. Our, our guests are, are very excited, uh, new and returning. Um, so essentially, they're going to be uh, o- overlooking the meadow. They're uh, canvas tents with the wood, wood frame, but uh, all the amenities are of a nice room inside them. So there's, there's wood floors, a balcony, uh, king bed that would 
that can also split into two twins if you've got two friends staying together, as well as an optional uh, pull-out couch. So here for two, but can sleep up to four, uh, all with their own uh, ensuite washrooms, heated floors, chandelier, gas fireplace. Uh, so they're going to be spectacular inside um, with, that, with that camping feel and then and uh, overlooking the, the beautiful meadow. Uh, and, uh, again, it's uh, our, our all-inclusive dining uh, options are, are included. So you get the uh, the beautiful stay and getaway with uh, nice amenities and uh, all your delicious food included. Well, as soon as you said all-inclusive, that caught my uh, ear because there's not very many all-inclusive uh, lodges, resorts uh, in these parts anyways. And that always uh, helps with the whole idea of, of what to bring. Uh, I guess everything's supplied, so I just have to hop in a car and, and head to the lodge, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So the uh, summertime, the, the main activities are, are hiking. Um, we're already at 6,000 feet elevation at the lodge, so um, you're just right at the door. There's a uh, the Rummel Lake Trailhead is uh, stones throw from from the yurts, and uh, so you can be up and and hiking within sort of ten fifteen minutes after uh, after breakfast. But uh, the the glamping tent and the glamping experience will will be fantastic along with their other unique uh, accommodations. But uh, our chef Mandy Layton here is uh, fantastic. So. All you really have to worry about is, is bringing yourself and remember what time the meal times are, and, and you're you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we should remind people that you are in a satellite phone here, so it is a little glitchy. So uh, we'll have to have some patience here when we're chatting with you. But uh, uh, tell me, um, do you offer guided tours? Like, if I'm going to go on some hikes, do I uh, am I a do-it-yourselfer, or do you have some uh, guided tours that are uh, around the park? Uh, yeah, we have both. Uh, the majority of, of guests go off and, and, and hike on their own, but uh, it, with advance request, we do have um, guided hikes offered as well, as uh, as lots of partners in Bow Valley area in terms of uh, fishing tours, um, as well as the guided hikes and such um, in the area in the wintertime. Uh, there's dog sledding tours. Uh, throughout the year, you can do helicopter tours as well. So there's uh, tons of other options for for guests. Look for whatever uh, whatever they're looking for for their stay. Expand a bit on the dining. You did mention it part of the glamping experience, but you do have uh, Sunday brunch and dinner, afternoon tea. You can you can supply it all, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're very well fed as a guest, um, and, and yeah, you make a good point. Uh, we are. Restaurant is open to uh, to visitors as well. Uh, we do afternoon tea daily from two to five p.m. and we do Sunday brunch once or twice a month uh, that runs from ten a.m. to two p.m. and uh, and all that info and reservations can be made on our website at mountengadine.com. Well, it looks fabulous. I'm looking at some of the photos, and uh, you've really done a, a great job uh, putting the lodge together and putting everything together and combining everything. Just maybe explain again the location. I know you mentioned uh, at the start, but uh, and uh, you're traveling on the different highways. Uh, what kind of highways are they? Are they back roads? Uh, do I need a 4 by 4 to get there? Yeah, you, do, you don't. Um, you, you get out in, in pretty much any car. Um, if you're coming from Calgary, recommend taking the Highway 40 route as you, you are going to be on a gravel road either way you come, either through Canmore or through Highway 40, but you're on the gravel less coming from Highway 40. But uh, they do a great job of maintaining the road and grading it, et cetera. There will, will be a little bit of washboarding, but you can make it out in any vehicle. 
and uh, Office 742, uh, we're right at the intersection of Mount Shark Road. And we should remind people that uh, you do have Wi-Fi service, even though you're on a satellite phone, but uh, people should uh, want to unplug when they're uh, staying at the Mount Engadine Lodge. That's part of the, the charm of it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice getaway, a nice recharge, and the ability to unplug. Um, just always remark at, uh, at how nice it is to not have to respond to texts or what have you. you can, uh, we do have Wi-Fi again, so you can check your emails and such if needed. But uh, there's no televisions in the rooms. It's, it's just a nice, uh, nice true getaway to recharge and, and turn off your electronics and enjoy the outdoors. Well, it uh, sounds like a great stay. The Mount Engadine Lodge, the website, mountengadine.com, and Simon Harvey is the general manager of the Mount Engadine Lodge. Uh, thanks for your time, Simon. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for calling. Now, there's always something new to see and enjoy at Universal Studios Hollywood. They just recently opened their Kung Fu Panda adventure, and there's more to come. So to get us caught up on all the new attractions at Universal Studios Hollywood is John Corfino. He's the senior director and executive producer for Universal Creative. He joins us now. Hi, John. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, thank you. I'm looking on the Universal Studios Hollywood website, and oh my goodness, you got a lot going on. It's probably been very busy for you these days, but very exciting, too, at the same time at Universal Studios Hollywood, right? It's been incredible. I, I've, uh, I've been doing this a while, and uh, this particular period of time is absolutely incredible. Uh, the growth and uh, the amount of... Uh, Activity going on is really pretty breathtaking. Well, one of the activities is the uh, Kung Fu Panda, I don't even know what to call it, display, <laughs> feature? <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> we call it the, currently, we're calling it the Kung Fu Panda Adventure. Okay, it's an adventure. So uh, give me some background on that and, and uh, what people can expect when they, look at, when they go to the Kung Fu Panda expen- uh, Adventure. Well, we're really excited about this um, because, of course, uh, a year and a half or a couple years ago, uh, the company acquired DreamWorks. So this is our first project ever working with them and having them be part of the family, so to speak. And this is really about creating a place that is now will be the home of DreamWorks uh, animation here at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, so the first, the the, uh, the current show that we have is the Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu Panda Adventure. Um, where we get to accompany Poe on a pretty exciting adventure um, in a theater experience, but there's some surprises inside the theater um, where we actually kind of uh, completely change the immersive level and experience uh, throughout the uh, throughout the theater. You're basically completely surrounded in a very surprising way. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a lot of fun for everybody. Well, I imagine technology is... Uh like almost unimaginable now for people that are visiting uh, Universal Studios Hollywood compared to maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, I bet. Yeah, I, I mean, technology is, has really advanced. I mean, we in the case of some technologies in media like video mapping and other things, we've seen um, a lot of examples, a lot of terrific examples, including our own Harry Potter uh, nighttime show here. Um, this particular attraction... Um, we had the opportunity to kind of do something inside and uh, completely immerse visitors um, in this uh, in a couple different worlds. 
Um, but at the same time, while technology is really cool, it's really important to stay grounded in the uh, kind of what I'll call the emotional connectivity of the characters and the brand so that it's not just about technology. It's really molding that emotional connection with these characters and the environments and technology together. Mm-hmm. I would think the, the trick would be that you don't even notice the technology. Exactly. I mean, it really it has to do with transforming the, the, in, the space that you're in and having you kind of, you know, continue that suspension of disbelief that, okay, you're just along for the ride and you're just, you're just experiencing it. So now one thing that uh, people should take note of is the Jurassic Park, the ride. That's, uh, that is uh, ending in September, and then you have a whole new uh, Jurassic Park uh, world coming, <laughs> the way I understand it. Do I get that correct? Yeah, well, we are, uh, we are experiencing our, our current countdown to extinction um, on the current attraction, Jurassic Park, uh, which happens on September 3rd. So we're, uh, we're inviting guests to take one last ride or more than one last ride uh, up, in, up until September 3rd. And then after that, we have quite a few surprises in store. As we say, life will find a way. And uh, there's uh, some pretty exciting things coming for that attraction. There's always something new coming at uh, Universal Studios, isn't there? Absolutely. I mean, that's a, the great part about being um, associated and involved with a company that's got so many tremendous uh, IPs or, you know, you know iconic film brands uh, that guests can come and see, as well as, of course, the tremendous backlot experience that we mm-hmm. offer. Well, and you still have the uh, Harry Potter, the wizardry world of Harry Potter and the Transformers. Talk a little bit about those uh, for those of, that may be planning a trip and, and don't know what to expect. Well, um, we have a whole bunch going on. So clearly Harry Potter um, really raised the bar for us, and it's a tremendously uh, rich experience. I mean, quite frankly, I remember the first time I saw the films, and I kind of at that time, long before any theme park idea was even thought of, and I remember the first time going down Diagon Alley and saying, boy, wouldn't this be really cool to actually be there? And Sure enough, now you can actually do that. Uh, of course, we're here. We're at, at um, we're at Forbidden Journey, so we we go through Hogwarts and the castle. Um, but uh, being being able to kind of create that kind of immersive land where you're just experiencing it as if you were really in the film, and you know you can have your wand and experience wand magic and windows and make things happen. Um, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, all the other attractions. Um, Transformers, you know, another great film-based uh, attraction to uh, experience. Um, we have, of course, Despicable Me um, about the upper lot, along with Super Silly Funland, which in summer is particularly nice because you can get wet and kind of cool down a little bit. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, everything else we've got. So, it's, so uh, it, believe me, it's a, it's a very rich full day. I was just going to ask, can you see everything in one day, or is it better to split it up? Well, um, it's you can. It is possible to see everything in one day, um, but it's a uh, it's a very full day, so, <laughs> which, uh, which is great because it gives people a good reason to come back. Well, they, they don't exactly. So now, do you, give me some tips for planning a visit there. What is the best way to uh, to see everything that you want to see, not necessarily everything that's there? Well. I can just say what I what I usually tell friends when they come and they try to bring their kids. I'll say, you know, it's always a good idea to get here a little early. Um, prioritize your list. Maybe tend to hit what you want to first. Um, 
some people like to go down to the lower lot first or take the tram first and kind of, you know, experience that and uh, then work their way back up into the park. Other people, you know, they're, they're really big Harry Potter fans, so they may choose to go uh, to Harry Potter first and experience that and then go to the rest of the park. I mean, it's really up to everybody's preference, but mm. regardless, I, my suggestion is always get here early and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of really study the, the web map, the map of the park and uh, prioritize your day. How big of a space are we talking about here? How much of an area does Universal Studios Hollywood cover? Well, now you're going to embarrass me because that's a <laughs> I should easily know off the top of my head, but I, I, it, it evades me right now at this particular moment. You could say very large, and that would probably cover yeah, it, I would think. And it's still a working uh, movie stu- studio, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of the fun part. Um, and this is something that's very unique to, to uh, Universal, especially in Hollywood, because it is authentically still what it started as, which is a working motion picture studio and TV studio. I mean, we have the voice films here. Every day there's something new that's happening here. Um, and we really try to key off of that when you first um, start to enter actually the tram location where you can board the tram. Every day is different. The guides always have the latest call sheets on what's going on. So you're going to know what's happening on that particular day as you go throughout the park. And, and as well as the um, a lot of people don't know this, but the tram routes change because if somebody's filming on New York Street, we can't go down some uh, New York Street. We uh-huh. can maybe go buy it and point things out. So, you know, every day is going to be a little bit different. And uh, that, that's also what makes it very exciting. And you never know, you might see somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and is this when you talk, talk about the trams, these are the tours you're talking about. Because I'm looking on your website again, it's universalstudioshollywood.com. There's Explore the Tour, Fast and Furious, Supercharged, and King Kong 360 3D. Give me some uh, background on that. Well, we we have a number of attractions that we put on the back lot that guests can also kind of go through while you're on the tram. And certainly, you know, King Kong is a iconic, you know, very historically seated uh, in our kind of DNA here. And that's a very fully immersive 3D experience where you get very up close and personal with uh, King Kong. <laughs> and um, also learn a little bit about how the films were done in that case, because we do, as part of the experience of riding on the trams, um, you know, you, you hear a little bit from the director, you hear a little bit from the tour guide. So it really kind of gives it a very personal take on mm-hmm. on uh, how the films were uh, produced and then maybe how a little bit how we did it um, on the attraction. And then, of course, you can go through uh, Fast and Furious, uh, another great experience where you, you, you get to meet all the cast and actually, you know, be pretty... Uh, <laughs> Going quite a dynamic ride. <laughs> well, there's uh, always uh, exciting things to see at Universal Studios Hollywood. Again, the Kung Fu Panda that just opened up and coming soon is the uh, Jurassic uh, World ride. So I uh, appreciate your time. John Corfino is the senior director and executive producer for Universal Creative at Universal Studios Hollywood. Again, the website, universalstudioshollywood.com. I guess if you're planning a trip, that's the best place to start is the website, isn't it, John? Absolutely. Thanks for your time, John. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And that's this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca.